it's incredible uh, joy uh, to, to be back together again and to, to start this new season um, together. And uh, I, I just pray that um, as you have been doing all along the, throughout this service, that you would, uh, you would be glorified. Uh, you would be made great in our hearts, in, in our actions, and in our words. Um, we just pray um, that you would prepare our minds and our hearts for what you have to teach us. And, um, and we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're, we're talking about themes of kickoffs and back to basics this month. The legendary NFL football coach, Vince Lombardi, I've said this before, he kicked off every year uh, with his team of professional football players uh, by handing, a, he would handle a football and he'd say, gentlemen, this is a football. Uh, why did he do that? Because he knew something that's true about every human being. And what's true about every human being, whether you're a professional football player or, a, uh, or working at Liberty Mutual or working in the schools or stocking shelves at Hannaford, this is true for every one of us. Vision leaks. Our vision leaks. We're like vision sieves. So every time we try to, try to hang on to vision, it's like carrying water back from the ocean back to our beach spot. It, it's, it doesn't work. Uh, it slips through our fingers. So, uh, and that's true for vision. So we, so we say a lot around here. Um, 99% of what I'm going to say to you today, you already know. And I'll tell you another thing. That's my job. My job is to remind us all of, of the vision God has for us, of the gospel, and, and uh, who we are in him as a result. So um, this, is, this, is, this year has been unique. That's an understatement. Um, it's, it's been hard for us. Um, you know, regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, whether, or, or regardless of whether you're connected to this church or not, it's been hard. It's been a hard year. In fact, um, one more announcement uh, that Grace didn't share is we're going to have a congregational meeting on the 26th um, of this month and just share some of, some of what's been hard to hear your input as well. Um, I'm not quite sure of the time yet, but those details will, will come. But many of you have expressed interest in becoming a member here at Be Free. Others of you have been around a long time and aren't members. And then there are still others who are members, but the vision has slipped. The more I prayed about this, and the more conversations I had with some of you, the more, the more convinced I became of this. We need to spend some time looking at the basics again. Looking at the football. We need, a, we need, a, uh, we need to call a timeout and look at who we are, why we exist, and where God is taking us. So if you're a prospective member, there are printouts of uh, the, the membership packet for you in the back. We also attached um, uh, those uh, membership packets to our weekly email. 
um, if if um, if you if you run out or if we run out and you you're interested, I'd be more than glad to get you one. And there are details as to to next steps um, you, you can take toward membership. But today, I'd, I'd like to spend a few minutes answering these three questions. Number one, what's the big story God has written? Number two, what is, the member, what is membership and why does it even matter? And number two, how does the Be Freeze story connect to the larger story with capital S? Okay? And then, for the last 10 minutes, um, we're going to hear from what I think is a God-ordained opportunity for us to live out some of this um, in our next chapter together. So, number one, what's, what's the big story that God has written? That's, that's the first question anyone has to ask um, when figuring out who they are, why they exist, what, what difference membership even makes. So what, what has God revealed about himself, re- revealed about who we are, revealed about um, where this story is headed? We need a, a meta-narrative. We, we need a, a, a story, capital S, um, to, to make sense and to give meaning to our stories, lowercase s. Yeah, the, the, the capital S story tells us the truth fills our lives with purpose and, and sustains us with real hope for the future. It really does. So that's exactly what the Bible gives us. If, uh, if someone were to ask you what you believe, <clears throat> so th- this is a way um, you, can, you can answer it, you know, on a napkin, okay? So first, the world is a messed up place. The world is messed up. It's broken. I don't, I don't know anyone who would disagree with that. Um, 2020 was chock full of examples from <laughs> this pandemic that, that still is going on, from uh, racial strife and injustice to divisions even among churches. And, um, and guess what? 2021 isn't a whole lot different. You could go on, you, you could give examples from your own life, examples of relational hardship, examples of um, health issues. The world is messed up, and the Bible affirms that. The Bible affirms what we suspect is true. It tells us that the world wasn't always as messed up as it is now, that it was designed for good. Uh, Genesis uh, 1.1, first word of the Bible, say, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God brought order out of chaos. God God made what was formerly uninhabitable, habitable. He brought life where there was nothing, literally nothing before. He's the life giver. He's the life giver. And at the height of it all, God made human beings to reflect his character and to reflect his authority in ways that nothing in all creation can or does. So verse 27 of chapter 1 says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
Verse 31, then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good. So we have a beautiful world that God filled with good. And over it all, he commissioned human beings to, to steward all that he had made out of love for him and out of love for others. That's humanity's cultural mandate. But in the midst of all this good lies an enemy. And this enemy knew that if he can get humans to doubt in God's goodness, to doubt his authority, to doubt he has the power to actually do what he's promised, that would win them over to his kingdom, not God's kingdom. That he would, that he would bring death in place of life, evil in, in place of good. And this is an enemy that has to be dealt with. So, how did our first parents do? Not so good. You flip over to Genesis 3, you don't have to do that now, but Adam and Eve uh, bought one, uh, every one of these lies. They, they chose to believe that there was more good, more life to be had apart from God than with God. Instead of refusing the enemy, they, they, they made a pact with the enemy. And this... This is in the spiritual DNA of every human being ever since. You can see it in every toddler. <laughs> Lots of people think, you know, humans are basically good. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who, who believes that? Well, I would answer, I, I would respond to that. Compared to who? We're not basically good. We're, we're basically selfish. We're basically sinful. And this is the unvarnished truth of the Bible, that the Bible gives us. That the world has been damaged by evil. And that's the third point. Romans 5.12 says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. We've been alienated from God, alienated from one another. And we can try to fix this problem in all kinds of fancy ways. You could be the most religious person. All religions, every one of them, is an attempt to fix this alienation. You could be the most humanitarian person uh, focused on fixing the problems for, other, uh, for others. You know, volunteering at soup kitchens, you know, flying overseas to do some humanitarian work. All of this is like putting paint on rotten wood. Sooner or later, it joins the wood. Well, this is the unvarnished truth that the Bible tells us. You know, it, it's bad news at first. We were or are alienated from God, facing an eternity of alienation from Him. That's hell. A, a place of eternal death, not life. A place of eternal evil, not good. That's the bad news. We needed a Savior. We needed a Messiah. Uh, we needed a second Adam. 
one who would be capable to deal with our enemy like we should have, one who would be capable of reconciling, reconciling us back to God, one who would be capable of restoring what we damaged, one who would be capable of uh, replacing our hearts of stone with hearts that beat uh, again for him, and one that would ultimately, finally, bring us back to God and his rule. Well, who can do that? Answer? God alone can do that. And God himself would do that. Enter Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did all of that. He, he, he turned the bad news into good news. That's the gospel. He restored us for better. He restored us for better. Colossians 1, 19 through 20. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Romans 6, 4 says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. In Acts, in Acts 2, Peter, Peter um, the, the Holy Spirit has just come uh, as a result of Jesus going back to the Father. Um, he sends his Spirit, and it, yeah, I mean, he, he, the, the Spirit comes with power and visible signs, and Peter um, gives this sermon, and he tells his audience, thousands of Jews, the bad news, but he also tells them the good news. And the crowds were cut to the heart, and they said, what should we do? And Peter's answer, repent, which simply means to turn off the road you're going on uh, and believe this good news. Believe this good news like your life depends on it, because it does. Be baptized as a sign, as a testimony of how, how Jesus rescued you. You know, I, I'm so excited to, that we're going to be able to celebrate the new life in Christ through our, our baptism of, of Mike Lockhart next week. If, if that's your status, if you have repented, if you have believed in the gospel, if you have been baptized, then you are a member of, ch of Christ's church, capital C. But there's more. We've been sent together to heal. We've been sent together to heal. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20 says, says, so we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we say, come back to God. In other words, God has provided a way, a way home. So as we wait for Christ to, to return, when he's promised to, to make all things new, we've, we've been given a huge privilege and a huge responsibility to heal what's been damaged. How do we do that? Here's how by telling and showing the gospel. By telling and showing 
the gospel. Anytime we share the good news with others, we're living out our role as an ambassador. Anytime you show mercy toward another, tangible, tangibly, it could be an enemy. You're living out your role as an ambassador for Jesus. Telling and showing the gospel. So that, that is, in essence, a high-level, five-minute overview of the gospel that you can jot down on a napkin at a coffee shop or whatever. Well, number two, uh, what does membership have to do with this? And, and why does it matter? I've had uh, many conversations with people before when they say, eh, sometimes cynically, I've read my Bible, and I don't see the word membership here. So tell me why I should become a member. And I usually say, well, you won't find the word Trinity here either. But that doesn't mean that God isn't triune. In other words, don't confuse the absence of the word with the concept of the word. Don't confuse the, word, the, the absence of the word membership with the concept of membership. Because membership exists. Full on. Look with me at, uh, just giving an example. 1 Corinthians 5. This is a letter the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to a church that was experiencing um, all kinds of teenage issues. They, they thought they were mature, but in fact they were very immature. Divisions. Favoritism, uh, classism, sexual immorality. It was a bit of a mess. And he says at the beginning of, of chapter 5, I can hardly believe the report about the sexual immorality going on among you, something that even pagans don't do. I'm told that a man in your church is living with, in sin with his stepmother. You're so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame. You should remove this man from your fellowship. Skipping down uh, to verse 12 at the end of the paragraph. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, in other words, to judge the world, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. The point is this. To be kicked out of fellowship means you had to be in fellowship in the first place. This is a clear example of the, the presence of membership, church membership, in the early church. This is just one example of the concept of church members, that, that church membership filled the, the New Testament. Kevin DeYoung uh, wrote a great article in the Gospel Coalition one time, uh, and I, I usually put this in the uh, membership folder. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I, I, I'd really encourage you to check it out. But here's a few excerpts and, and paraphrases. Number one, so again, why does church membership matter? Number one, in joining a church, you make visible your commitment to Christ and his people. You, you, you state before God and others that you are part of this, this 
local body of believers, okay? Number two, making a commitment makes a powerful statement in a low-commitment uh, culture. It's like, it's like dating someone versus marrying someone. Membership is one way to stop dating and m marrying one. You know, it, it, um, I want to be careful here because when you marry someone, you've covenanted, covenanted, with, covenanted with them. Uh, you're, not, you're not doing that with a local church. But nevertheless, it is true. You, you stop dating and you, you marry one. As a member, you say, I am committed to this group of people, and they are committed to me. I'm here to give more than I get. Number three, we can be overly independent. As Americans, many, many of us place a high value on just independence, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. Uh, I got this. And you're not the boss of me. Don't tread on me. Membership states in a formal way, hey, I am part of something bigger than myself. I am not just one of 200, 300 people. I am part of a, an interdependent body. Number four, church membership keeps us accountable. When we join a church, we're, we're offering ourselves to one another to encourage, to rebuke, to correct, to serve, and to experience the many benefits of having others do the same for us. Uh, sometimes I need to be encouraged. I need to be corrected. I need to be rebuked. I need to be served. You, you see the interdependence of the community, of the church. Membership says, I am here to stay. I want to help you grow in godliness. Will you help me do the same? Well, number five, joining the church will help your pastor and your leaders be more faithful shepherds. As pastors, as leaders, we've been called by God to watch over the health of your soul. <laughs> he says, but if you never become a member, we can't tell if you were really gone because we might not be sure you were ever here. Interesting. So, the third question. This brings us to the third question. How does B-Freeze story, capital, I mean, no, <laughs> lowercase s, connect to the big story? Well, B-Freeze story began in, in Barrington in 1952. Um, there was a Billy Graham crusade came around, and a, and a whole bunch of people um, came uh, from the area to... Uh, uh, to hear him, and a number of people gave their lives to Christ. Um, several families decided to, to start the Barrington Community Church. In 1954, uh, a hurricane um, went through the area, knocked down all these trees. Uh, it turns out to be a good thing. Why? Because these knocked down trees turned into wood for the construction that would become the Barrington Church. And so over the decades, uh, the church grew. In 1993, Chris Clinch, um, who was just here recently, um, became the senior pastor. So he's, he's been there a long time. 
And in 2002, God, God directed to a, us to an opportunity um, about 30 minutes away in Alton. Uh, Sam Huggard was, was on staff at the time in, in Barrington um, doing youth ministry. Had just a handful of, of people um, and, and families, but they were committed to um, being residential in Alton or in the Alton area and were committed to living out the church there. And they, um, they uh, constituted the core. And so, so in 2005, a core group was established. Meanwhile, Chris and Sam uh, were praying and talking a lot about um, one question that kept coming up. What would it be like if we didn't just carve you off plant you and say, God bless you, we'll be praying for you, but what if we, what, what would it be like if we stayed together? We live in different communities which have different needs, we get that, um, but what would it be like if we shared some of the same vision and values? What would it be like if we shared uh, decision making for those decisions that, that affect all of us? And what would it be like if, if we shared a checkbook? Would that be crazy? Well, that's what's happened. Because they found that we could, we, there is great potential in doing more together than separately. Shared, shared this with leadership. The answer was, from leadership, go for it. Let's try this. And from that moment, Be Free as a Multisite was born. So 2005. 2006, um, God added our story, um, Be Free Dover's story, which I'll get into next week. Um, this is honestly, I'll just be candid. This is my favorite part of the story, but <laughs> I'll, I'll drill much more into, into that um, next week. Uh, so there's a little teaser for you. In 2015, God provided uh, an opportunity in the community of Summersworth, and it just so happens that Tim Monahan is here with us this morning. This wasn't planned. Um, it just happened to coincide by God's sovereignty that he's, he's, he's here to share a, a real opportunity for us to live some of this out, to live as sent ones as ambassadors, as senders into Summersworth. So, Tim, um, you, why don't you put your hands together for Tim? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We're, we're in need of a mic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hello, Summersworth, right? So what you may not know is Summersworth is also with us today. They're just all online in our hubs. And I'm just going to give like a quick snippet of our story since Jamie shared the others. I feel like, hey, his favorite part is Dover. My favorite part is Summersworth. It, it happens that way. But in 2015, um, God called myself, my wife, and two other families to plant. And so there were, there were five, six of us at the time. And we just said, hey, we're in it together. Let's do it. And so 
we planted Summersworth in July of 2015, and we just met. We were actually discipled by the Alton Church, and so we would drive up for the next year and a half, going back and forth, being a part of that community. And we launched sort of a, a space gathering in 2017. This gets us into where we're headed now. We were there for about a year and a half. We were at the Taekwondo studio. And in March of 2020, like everybody else, this crazy thing called COVID happened. And we lost our space. And so as I start today, as I share, I, I was reminded last week about island living. If you've ever seen the boy movie about a boy, it's about this guy who, he's all about island living. He breaks his day up into all these little compartments. And he's like, life is better in island living. Well, when you watch the movie, this young, this young man's introduced into his life, and then that man's family, and then the school community. And the whole thing is this determination. It's like, island living is really lonely. And we're better together. And he comes to this place where he's now throwing himself and engaging in the community life. And it's all based around this poem from John Donne. And it's around this statement, no man is an island, he says, the bell tolls for thee. We're better together. So let me share our story and our journey to this moment. I shared in March 2020 how COVID sort of decimated us. Since that point, we have not had a space. We were sort of kicked out of that space because the, the person we were renting from went bankrupt as a result of COVID. And so we have had nothing. Now in Summersworth, we've learned we are not defined by our space, but we value the opportunity to be together. And so we've been very intentional this past year and even right now, they're watching. We're meeting in four different hubs across the community. We call it hub life. They love it when I hashtag it because that's just the way that we do it, right? But we've been living this way for some time. And during this time, we were, <laughs> we were lost a little bit. You know, we went through January, February, March, April, May. I was kicking the tires on everything, everything. God, is there any space in Summersworth? And it so happened in May, we have a prayer team. We were out on a prayer walk. And on our prayer walk, we were literally saying, God, we have no clue there is no space in Summersworth. Well, wouldn't you know it, while we're on our prayer walk, that we stumble across this hole in the wall. And we've got some pictures, I hope. Oh, yeah, look at that color. Yes, it's fancy. We're keeping the green, by the way. That's the goal. We stumbled across this hole in the wall. Can we go to the, the, the one just of where it is so that we can see that? This is a place that had been empty for two years. We had been desperately trying to get into the community, turned away over and over and over, found nothing. And here it was that God provided a space while we were prayer walking. Now, this location is in the heart of the city. Well, what, what, do you, what, what do I mean by that is it is literally next to everything that is going on in our community. The Children's Festival, the Pumpkin Festival. Everything that goes on in Summersworth happens outside our front door. 
as we decided and prayed about this, I presented it to the multi-site elders, I presented it to our leadership team, and we said, we don't have the money, but we want to take a risk. We want to go for it. And so we did, and lo and behold, we were able to get the space. Now, as you're gathering, it's not super fancy. Yet even in this, there was still some opposition. So we were getting the space, we went through that whole process, we signed, got ready to sign the lease, and I got a call from the city. Oh, hey, just real quick, uh, you can't have a church there. I'm like, what? What? Well, in March of this past year, Summersworth passed a zoning law. And in that zoning law, it said that there is basically no space in the city of Summersworth that you can open a new church without a special exception from the zoning board. And so it was impossible for us to get this. They said, you can apply for the special exception. So that's what we did. And I want to tell you the story about this. And it's once again, a glimpse of God's provision. And it's important for us to hear these stories because we're better together and when we hear and see what God is doing. So I went into the this zoning meeting, had it all prepared. We were praying about it. Our prayer team was all over. We don't know what it's going to turn out to be. I go into the zoning meeting. I give my presentation. And how many of you are familiar with zoning meetings? Right? They're so fun. They're incredible. But what literally happens is you, you present... And then they say, okay, you can sit down. Anyone who wants to say anything can get up. I had no sooner finished, this guy stands up. And if you're like me, I'm like, oh, like, really? Like, come on. Like, we just want to get a space. And this is what we need to hear. This man stands up, and I wrote down what he said, so we will not forget it. He says this. I do not practice religion. I am not a member of Be Free. But I believe that they will be a light to our community, and we would be fools to not allow this, them this exception. Right? Like, <laughs> I've never met the guy before, have not met him since. What an amazing example of God stepping in. When we don't know what to do when we do not know the next steps. I like to call this a but God moment where he is in complete and utter control. Well, he said that. I got back up and was like, okay. <laughs> and the zoning board granted us the exception. <laughs> See, it's exciting. It's exciting. You see, our space is unique. You heard me mention this previous, and you can just scroll through the pictures. It's literally a hole in the wall. Literally. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. By any stretch of the imagination, you saw the green. But as we, we've seen this space, it used to be an old diner, and its central location, we are 1,000 feet from City Hall. Little Indonesia, the first of its kind in the world, is coming right around our corner. We have this incredible opportunity to simply be present. 40% of our population can walk to this location in Summersworth. So it is essential to everything that God is doing. And I tell you about the Indonesian culture and community because 20% of the, 
of our population is Indonesian. That's a lot. And so we're saying, God, what, what do you want to do with this space? Not what do we want? What is best for Summersworth? Not what is best for, for, for us? What do you want here? And so I just want to share a few of the dreams that we have for this space. A, we want a central gathering. We're selfish like that. We want to have a space where we can come together and worship God together, invite people into that type of worship space. We also want a space where we can disciple kids of all ages, share the good news of Jesus Christ. We are breaking the space up into three parts, primarily to have a community center. Our goal with our community center will be to offer after-school tutoring, to offer TESOL education, which is teaching English to speakers of other languages, and if you've heard what our community is, like this is a need. We also have uh, members of our church family that are deaf, who are excited about the opportunity of a deaf ministry in our, in our area. And if you don't know, there's nothing like that within probably 50 miles. I think Concord is the closest. And so there are desperate needs right where we are. We want to be partnered with the Indonesian Hub, and we just want to be a place where we can convey the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, why am I sharing all this with you? Right? In Summersworth, we're taking a risk. Right? And what, what, what we're asking you very boldly to do is to take a risk with us. If you don't know, and this is a part of the membership information and everything, but be free is a family of interdependent churches. We are dedicated to, dedicated to advancing the good news of Jesus Christ through a shared vision. And we are asking you, as we talk about Summersworth, to share in this vision. We are one church with four locations. We are better together when we don't live in, as islands. In the season ahead, we need to raise thirty dollars to $40,000. And we are looking simply to do base renovations to this space so that we can open it up for the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're asking you to partner with us. So that is my little presentation. You saw the place. But. Oh, man. Thanks very much, Tim, yeah. for coming. And, um, That's uh, just so inspiring, especially to hear about the zoning uh, committee uh, meeting. That, that will go down uh, and live on for decades with you. And um, uh, thanks for, for sharing and for blessing us um, by, by telling us that part of the story. Um, again, we're, so we want to, I obviously want to encourage you guys to pray. Um, pray for Summersworth, pray for, for their protection from the enemy who loves to destroy and divide and, and uh, deceive people in uh, all kinds of ways and keep them um, uh, locked into serving his kingdom, not God's. But I'd, I'd also encourage you to, to, to give to this um, need. So uh, just, uh, oh yeah. There are prayer cards um, on that back table and uh, ways that you can, you can consider giving. Um, again, uh, what I was going to say, so you've shared in Alton, you've shared in Barrington. Yep. Um, this, is my, this is my last stop. Yes. Um, I think between those two communities, they came up with over 22, 
Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're making progress. We're making progress. Our goal is to reach our forty thousand by the end of the month. So in one month, we are aspiring to raise everything that we need. Yeah. This is a big goal, but we're praying big. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, this is just uh, just so exciting to to be able to to put you over the edge. Um, and uh, and see God's faithfulness through us. So, yeah, um, again, <laughs> look at the big story. We've been redeemed by Jesus, um, and we've been sent to heal. And that's exactly what uh, the Summersworth team and Tim hope to do in more effectively in Summersworth. And so I, I just feel like, man, this is a perfect example, exhibit A, of what God's up to. So let me pray for you. God, uh, first of all, we, we praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your faithfulness. Uh, we praise you for your love and what you're doing on planet Earth in 2021. In spite of uh, all these challenges and hardships that uh, the enemy loves to throw our way, we know that you, Jesus, are greater than he is. Amen. And we, we also um, just count it uh, a privilege to be able to join you in, in the story you're writing. So, um, uh, regardless, I mean, we've talked about a lot. We've, we've, um, uh, we're talking about membership into Be Free. We're also talking about needs of Be Free Summer's uh, Worth. And so I, I pray that you would um, continue to lead um, Tim and his team um, in Summersworth. You, Jesus, are our pastor, our ultimate shepherd. You always lead and guide us. You always provide and protect us. And so we lean on you um, for that. We also pray for um, us to be living out um, just an example of what it means to be sent, what it means to do life together, what it means to, to um, uh, do things better because we're together. So, uh, God, we love you, and we are committed to you, and we're just so excited to, to hear of the progress that's going to be made in the next couple weeks. In Jesus' name, amen.